is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 171. Today is January 2nd. Welcome to 2023, Jordan year. Hope everybody had a great New Year's, uh, celebrating with friends, loved ones, whatever you did. Hope you had a great time, and welcome to the 2023 edition of Tailgate Talks. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be recapping a dominant Texas Tech football bowl win over Ole Miss. Uh, do a little 2023 wish list for Texas Tech athletics and then recap a struggle in Fort Worth for the Texas Tech basketball team. To catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, you do have to follow us. Follow us on Apple and Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgates. Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, also, give our YouTube channel a follow. We post videos there uh, each week, a couple of clips from each week's podcast. So you're not able to listen to the whole thing. You can catch some uh, highlights of the show there. So give us a, a subscription there. Ring the bell to be notified anytime we post a video. And lastly, if you have anything to add to the Tailgate, questions, comments, anything, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, Dustin. Well, we are back to recap the last game of the Texas Tech football season, the last game of the Joey McGuire, uh, first year of the Joey McGuire era, and it ended in style with a 42-25 victory over Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss in the Texas Texas Bowl. Uh, was a great, fun night for Red Raider Nation on Wednesday night last week. So, Dustin, just kind of before we kind of get into game by game, little recap that we'll do. Uh, your initial thoughts and reactions to the win. Very excited about that win in that game. Um, I was very nervous for most of it. Right. Like a lot of tech fans were pretty comfortable being up like two and a half, three scores, but I was not just because of how tech has <laughs> let me down a lot before. <laughs> so I and was watching nervous. that Kansas game didn't help either. <laughs> like the right. Kansas cover right. didn't help either. So, like, I was still nervous for most of the game into the fourth quarter and glad we pulled it out and kept our two-score-plus lead for most of the game. And we'll talk about more of the players later, but great win for Joey McGuire and staff, especially against the Ole Miss team who is highly, obviously highly recruited, but highly ranked for most of the year. And, I mean, what a turn of seasons for both these teams. Like, Ole Miss lost, like, four of their last five. We go on a four-game winning streak in the year, so like yeah. we're feeling way better than they are, and that's a great way to end the season with extra bowl practices and an extra game. Then your quarterback says he's coming back, so man, what an overall great, great night for the Red Raiders. Yeah, it was one of the things we talked about, how you end the season, you know, can definitely build the momentum heading into next season, and right. the momentum is uh, as high as I can remember Texas Tech football oh, being in a while. You yeah. come in. You you win seven games in the first year of Joey McGuire. You head into a bowl game against somebody who was 
you know, three and a half point favorite over you and you were the more physical team. You were besides, yeah. you know, they're, they're wanting to take out heads. Um, if you consider that physical, uh, but you were the more physical team. You dominated up front on some of those fourth down and short opportunities that Ole Miss kept going for. Uh, you got five turnovers. Um, yeah. And so you just completely uh, had control of this game the whole time. And I like you. I was a little nervous just because, you know, bowl games are crazy. And it felt like when they did score, they scored on us pretty fast. Yeah. And, you know, you had a couple of those a, plays down there in the stretch in the second half where you, it did get a little nerve-wracking there. That's why, just not to cut you off, that's what made me nervous was like, I mean, Lane Kiffin's still one of the best offensive coordinators in the yeah. country. So, like, I know, like, he can make his offense pop off any time. So, like, that's why I was just like, hold hold all the really good, happy thoughts so you don't get let yeah. down. <laughs> That and I'm like superstitious of any time fan yeah. like teams fans yeah. start tweeting off that they won. Get the ahead game of with like yeah, like ten minutes before. Like you'll never see a victory tweet coming out from oh. our account with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. No. We're going to uh, wait until the game is over, and I was ready to fire off those like y'all delete all these tweets now, please tweet. And then you got the onside recovery and ran into the yeah. end zone. So, uh, and, and didn't need to sweat it out anymore after that, but let's kind of go through the first half and then the second half, not play by play, but just kind of what we were thinking as yeah. the game was moving along. So he was a crazy first half of football. It felt drunk. It felt like it was on drugs. All of the th things that you can use to describe that game of the first half, it was nuts, yeah. all sorts of fourth down attempts, turnovers, all uh, the fourth down attempts. All the fourth down Zero attempts. Lane Kiffin, <laughs> Lane Kiffin wasn't punting. Joey McGuire wasn't punting. It nope. was just anytime you had a chance to go for it on fourth down, go for it. Um, and it was bizarre. There was some, you know, bad a bad interception by Shuck, but then your defense was able to get a couple interceptions and yeah. force a fumble. Um, and you, you know, did enough to go to halftime with a pretty commanding twenty six to seven lead, which honestly doesn't felt like was it was too little of a lead because you should have been yes. up like 40 to seven or something like that at that point, if you were able to convert on a couple uh, fourth downs, not throw a pick. So what were your thoughts in that first half? Yeah. So first half, I was probably one of the most negative tech fans out there. I'll admit that. And that's not because we were up 19. Like that's great, but we should have been up like 35. Yeah. Because Ole Miss gave you, everything that first half they were shooting themselves in the foot left and right they were giving you interceptions and fourth down conversions great field positioning i mean you started on your own 30 30 inside the 40 like the whole half almost and you got some a couple little too cutesy goal line plays and i mean one of them worked out for you and you got the under the legs baron morton tyler yeah. shuck option play which is pretty crazy and cool but yeah, never seen that before. I don't know if Kitley needs like three weeks to prep for games because he comes up with a lot of crazy shit. And some of it's good and some of it's too much and over the top. Love love how much how creative he is, but it, it did kind of we kind of screwed around with all the chances they gave us, is how I felt. Yeah, it, it felt like both teams were not taking this game like like seriously, but at the same time, not like super seriously with some of the play calling. It was Dude, like, hey, we're Lane went kind of like, on fourth down on his yeah. own eleven. Yeah, it felt like an exhibition game <laughs> where teams are they both sides of the ball were just like, hey, we're gonna try to run this and see if it works. Uh, and it ended up being like if you were 
a fourth and short on the goal line, just give it to Shuck and let him like get those two yeah. yards because those ended up being like the same. ran basically the same yeah. play twice to get him just different like style zone yeah. read option, whatever you want to call it. And he just shoved it in. Um, yeah. Before shoved we move in. on, we got to talk about the first play of the game. We'd be remiss not to of yeah. tech or first play of Texas Tech's half. They lined up in the Mike Leach air raid formation, five wide. The linemen were split, you know, four feet right. apart. Like we were between used Lubbock to. and Amarillo, like Brent Musburger <laughs> yeah. used to call it. <laughs> that, that was really the like defining thing of Leach. Like, yeah, he'd go four or five wide. A lot of people did that, but his splits between linemen were four feet wide. Yeah. And so that was cool that they did that to honor him. And, you know, Kiffin declined it to be respectful of that. And that was really cool to see and great start to the half. And felt just felt like good mojo for us really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool to see uh, us honor the pirate in that way. And then, yeah, you played a pretty solid first half. You obviously wish that you were able to capitalize on some of those opportunities, but you felt good going into half up 26 to seven defense have been playing pretty lights out and rabbit had a pick buddy waters had a pick and then you're able to force a fumble uh there kind of towards the end that ended up getting you that 26 7 lead yeah. uh so feeling good second half starts it's still kind of a crazy game with lots of crazy plays Ole miss kind of makes a comeback right everybody starts sending off the we won tweets and game's over uh they score to make it a 16 point game and then I immediately the, got more nervous. Got more nervous. <laughs> we went three and out to start the half. Yeah. And then they score a field goal. Yeah, you get a little nervous. Uh, I think you missed a field goal in somewhere in that stretch with Trey Wolf. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. you missed it right before they go down and score to make it the 16 point game. I mean, it's still like you've got to be feeling all right because they got to score and get both two point conversions just sure. to tie it. Uh, but the crazy play happens after. You hand the ball off to Cameron Valdez. Looks like he's going to take it oh. to the house. Ole Miss defender makes a great play, knocks the ball out of his hands. It goes out of the back of the end zone, and now oh, Ole Miss has the ball. They go down and score. Uh, missed the two-point conversion, though, so you still have that two-possession lead. Which missed was, a sweet which was pass nice. interference for that two-point conversion. Yep, appreciate that. Not used to refs missing those calls for us. Uh, usually they're all over those calls, but – We'll take the missed call there, and then you snuff out the comeback real quick with uh, their onside oh. kick attempt that goes right to Loic Fungi, who takes it to the house. So a crazy game overall. Your second half thoughts there, Dustin. I know uh, you were sweating it out pretty good. So what was your what was your head at uh, during yeah. that second half game and that little mini comeback? Still pretty nervous. I mean, I nervous drank at least tw- twelve beers during this game at my house because of it. Thank you, Tech Football, for that. But once they got within that 10-point, and even with the miss two, I mean, eight would have really made me pucker up a little more. Even with the miss two and down 10, like, man, they're right there. There's still three minutes left. That's plenty of time to, you know, make some magic happen. And, again, like you said, defense came up with two more turnovers in that second half, I believe. And – Fungi just with the clutchest play of the season didn't flinch when they rotated their kicker around. He stayed in the same spot. He's like, come on, kick it to me. Saw that bounce and there he goes off to the races. No one touched him. You said that used to always happen to us with Wells. (laughs) So we got one back. So that was the Tupperville classic. At that point, finally I was able to relax. We were up 17, I believe. 
at that point. So it took me to that three minute mark to get comfortable though. There's a lot of tech fans getting way too far ahead of themselves, I believe just cause history just has tainted me, I guess, but I'm, I'm very happy. And that's coaching right there is just different yeah. coaching, different culture of staying strong weight, you know, taking on the wave of them scoring two touchdowns back to back, pretty much you messing up in there. Like you held off your defense played stellar. And then you get the clutch special teams play. I mean, when's the last time we've seen a game that we've had all, like all three of those, like great offense, great defense, clutch special teams play. Like I can't think of one off the top of my head, but what a great second half and great ending. I mean, we stayed so steady all game, even though I said, you know, we kind of jacked around first half with all our chances. We were still very steady and would score, score a field goal, hold them on defense. Like that was the best part of the game was the steadiness and the toughness of it. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. They tried to be dirty on us and be tougher and whatnot. And we were the tougher team and hit harder and hit better, not hitting at heads, you know? So yeah, that was great ending to the game by far. Yeah, I like that, that we were the tougher team. Because, yeah, I didn't like that they took – they had four – they had yeah, three – Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, they definitely had three plays that got reviewed for targeting. Two of them were confirmed. There should have been a fourth one, that first hit that was dirty on Tyler Shuck that didn't get reviewed. Right. Uh, but the other two were pretty, like, textbook. Uh, yeah. Especially the punt return one. Um, so, uh, Ole Miss was definitely – man, it just looked like – they were head hunting out there and yeah. you know, they did that. And then they did the fake injury stuff like throughout the game, at least three times that we saw they were fake yeah. and, and multiple times with the player who like really wasn't even involved in the play. And then he right. would just like fall over. Um, so I, I thought it was some pretty cowardly stuff from Lane Kiffin, who this season had called out teams for, for doing the same thing. So huh. um, pretty I don't know, pretty annoying from him. And then the last little bit is that, you know, fight where they came out saying that uh, yeah. uh, racist remarks were made and Dimitri Moore spit in a player's face, which him and Joey McGuire both came out and said did not happen. That was a false accusation. So, yeah. um, you um, know, I, I've always kind of enjoyed Lane from afar. Like he's an entertaining coach and stuff like that. But I think I lost a little bit of respect for him uh, with how his team, played that game um a lot of the cowardly things that i thought they did and then of course you add in the, yeah. the allegations that were made at the end of the game where he just throws it out there and says he doesn't even know if it's true or not just, but still yeah. says it like that's irresponsible so i don't know if you have anything to add on uh, on that front, yeah on two, lane. two things before we get into specific players and stuff the lane kiffin stuff i mean i think he's just talking out of his ass to defend his player when he knows he was the worst person on that field that night. Like right. He was the worst player and coach on that field. Like Kitley and Joey McGuire coach circles around him. Our players coached were coached better and played better than all his players. And, you know, he's just trying to find some excuse to stand on at the end there. I thought it was pretty stupid of him to take a timeout three plays later to bitch at the refs about it. Yeah. When you're down 10 and need those, like, dude, get over it and use those to finish coaching your team. That's stupid. 
to kind of his whole recap that. of the fight was wrong too. He was saying our player wasn't even involved or uh, his number, like, 11 number 11. Involved. And then like, there yeah, was clearly <laughs> involved. He, he clearly like put himself into yeah. that fight, went out of his way to be a part of that. So uh, um, just irresponsible from him. And yeah, I, I, I lost quite a bit of respect, I think for him as a coach. Cause I, I just didn't really appreciate how uh, a lot of those things were handled. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Odd. The other, the other general thing I wanted to bring up was the officiating in this game was, and I'm the official here. I ref high school football, but it's not hard to see when officials are out of place. And this crew was not ready for yeah. this game. They were way over their skis and were not ready. Like we mentioned the targetings, they got one out of four or five on the field and were hoping that review would save their ass on a lot of yeah. calls. Like that wasn't just targeting stuff. That was turnovers. That was a lot of other big calls. They would just guess or go with whatever and hope review would get it for them. There were a lot of bad calls. I mean, there was a bad face mask on uh, gray at the end that we had. Yeah. That they just blatantly missed. Like nothing else is going on. And I mean, they were just not very good. And luckily things rolled our way in that game. Um, either in those or we just played better, I think was most of it. Put ourselves in better positions for that stuff. But yeah, they just they weren't ready for that game and Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty bad when when they didn't review the first uh hit on Chuck at all. And then he got hit a second time and they still didn't call it. Like it still had to be you save their ass. Yeah. And so that was like a bad way to ref a game. And so that was the embarrassing part to me. They had some other questionable calls. There was one where Chuck clearly like threw it forward and they called it a fumble. Um, and you're like, he was passing like how, you know, uh, just a lot of questionable decisions, yeah. but for the first time in a long time, like all the calls <laughs> went our way though, for the most part. So it's like hard to complain too much when everything right. kind of turned up red Raider on that. So let's go over some stats from the game. Taller Chuck, your, Taxac Texas Bowl MVP goes twenty-four for yeah, twenty-four for thirty-nine for two hundred forty-two yards and one touchdown in the air. He also had one pick. Uh, then he had twenty-five carries, twenty-five carries for the quarterback for one hundred and eleven <laughs> yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Taj Brooks on the day had fourteen carries for ninety yards. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson did get a whole lot of action, but he did get into the end zone for the time, final time of his career. Uh, so shout out to Sir Roderick, uh, Red Raider for life. Uh, one of uh, one of my favorite players to watch over this last year, few years, and you haven't had a lot of reason to uh, be happy, but he's been a really fun player to watch play for you. Look, Fungi on the day had seven catches Ooh. for 100 yards. He looked healthy and really, really good in the game, I thought. Of course, he had that onside kick touchdown return. Jaron Bradley also looked good. Eight for 88 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and your defense totaled five turnovers on the day and also Damn. held Ole Miss to two of seven on Take fourth five. downs. <laughs> um, so anybody you want to shout out uh, specifically oh, for those performances, anything that I miss, any other stats that you – have from the uh, game that you want to shout oof. out there. Let's I'm going to go backwards real quick. So these are just less to talk about on the defensive side. Kosai Eldridge played baller. Um, like he's had a great second half of the season. Yeah. Sean Merriweather did his thing. I mean, he's been our best defense player all year besides Tyree. Um, 
And then the two big men up front, can't forget them, Hutchings and Tony Bradford, who are both coming back, were amazing on that front four in the middle for a lot of big stops and sacks for those two guys. So got to shout those guys out a little bit um, on the defensive front. But um, I'm working backwards here. Receiving, dude, Fungi, what an animal performance from him too. I mean, they said – I mean, you get this a lot of times, like, oh, he's had a great week of practice or whatever. They were like, Fungi's had a great just December. Like, yeah. his three weeks of practice were amazing. And so I guess you, his injury probably was holding him back a little bit. Because, I mean, Fungi and Bradley played so good that Trey Cleveland barely saw the field. Yeah. And I can't even think of the other guy that kind of plays also for, with them. But those two guys, Fungi and Bradley, played so well that they were hot. You weren't taking them out. They were making great catches. And they both had a long at 27 and a long at 36. So they had some deep stuff too, yeah. running the ball around. Loic like, was impressive to me on some of those like screens and some of those kind of passes where he was just able to take it and make yards out of it. Cause there was a couple yeah. times where he looked dead to rights and then all of a sudden he's 19 yards down the field. Right. It was, it was amazing. Um, the rushing game. I mean, I'm, I'm not we, we couldn't really run the ball conventionally, you know, like the dives up the middle, the zone reads, whatever. They they just weren't there. And, I mean, that's probably because, you know, our O-line's not great. They have a lot of beef and SEC guys up front. They kind of just weren't going to let you get anything. So you had to manufacture rushing in a different way, and that was through Tyler Shuck you know, just scrambling and there were a lot of, a lot of green grass in front of him and he made yeah. a lot of great plays that way. I mean, I'm glad. And we talked about it last week, like stick with the running game. And like we did, I mean, yeah. Thompson only had seven for 14 and a touchdown, but Brooks was 14 for 90 and busted one for 37. I mean, they were grinding those, those runs out. Yeah, and there was a lot of time in short yarded situations where, like, you just real, hey, we're just going to run the ball here. And a lot of those times, you're able to capitalize on it and get and get the first down, get in the end zone on those, you know, those two Tyler Shuck touchdowns that were, were right there on the goal line. And you decided, hey, let's just put it in his hands and see what he can do. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the run game was definitely uh, a key factor in in that. You know, winning today, you had 242 rushing yards, and Tyler, Tyler Shuck had 242 <laughs> passing. <laughs> talk about even, even offense there yeah. but i talk didn't about, that until just now i was like wow yeah, had the amount, exact same amount of yards rushing as he did passing we gotta talk about how tyler shuck was playing though and yeah, i sent this early like he was playing like he was gonna die the next day yeah like, he was both throwing quarterbacks his, were uh, both quarterbacks were just throwing out there, like, his body around like he was going to die the next day or he didn't care if he died on the football field. Like it was incredible how tough he was being. And some of those goal line runs, he yeah, would just got, jump and throw yeah. his shoulder in there, whatever it made to get in the end zone. And but then those a, cheap shots that he took too, you know, like was, those are, th- those aren't easy to take either. Um, yeah. and, and a quarterback that has his injury history, like you're definitely like scared every time he takes a definitely. hit just because you're not sure. But yeah, he was, he was really tough for you out there. You know, I, I do want to shout out Jackson dark cause he was tough too. Cause he, he took was. some tough shots and he He's was still be out back there for them next year. And be um, he was still good. out there taking hits and, and still trying to, 
uh, figure out whatever he could do to help his team win. So gutty performances from both quarterbacks. Gutty uh, performance from Tyler Shuck was really fun to watch him kind of do it all in this game. Speaking of Ole Miss, let's go on their side of things. We had talked, I had talked mostly about Quinchon Judkins. Man, his name's so hard to say. Yeah. They're running, freshman running back who ended up with only 90 yards, 91 yards, which is his season low. And when the, like tech defense usually doesn't get to say you held people to their yeah. season low of anything. <laughs> yeah, we were usually helping guys a, get to their career totals at some point. Especially like a, I mean, there are people calling him like a top five running back in the nation yeah. type guy. And I mean, you saw flashes of it. He was damn good. And I'm glad that we were able to hold him enough. Like this game went how we wanted it to go. Like you were able to hold Judkins back just enough to make Lane get a little impatient, eager, and try to make Jackson Dart do too much. And yeah. it worked out in our favor really, really well. Because 23 yeah. for 91 is not – I mean, that sounds good for most people, but that's not good for Judkins and the number three rushing offense in the country. And so Yeah, great and really a lot of – a lot of those yards came in the second half when you were kind of playing more pass yep. defense because they were having to come back on you and they were kind of able to pick up a little bit more right. on the ground there. Uh, but yeah, he held him to 91 and Zach Evans to 37. So I think overall, like you'll take those numbers. I thought Evans had a pretty that. good game. I thought they should have played him more, to be honest. Yeah, eight for 37 from him uh, along of 10. He did find the end zone one time. So. Yeah. Um, kind of revisiting our predictions from this game. We'll go over those right quick. Dustin, uh, defensive side of the ball, uh, you had us giving four sacks. We did not have uh, – I think we had one sack on the day. So I was ready for the other there. one that I had. I took an easy route, and I went just give us a turnover, and we gave us a turnover. I don't they, think you get credit for this one because you went so low, and they went, went so low. high. I think you don't get this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I just said give us one turnover, at least one. We got five. Now, we, sh- you know, should a rabbit dropped that interception? Yes. Yeah, he definitely should have. But, you know, he forced uh, two fumbles, three interceptions. Uh you know, rabbit got a pick, um, muddy waters got a pick. And then it was, uh, Tyler Owens, uh, who got the third interception. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Smith had a fumble recovery and I can't remember who got the other fumble recovery oh, for you. Rabbit. Isaac Smith. and rabbit got the other recovery. Sh- oh yeah. Rabbit. Yeah. He had a pick and a, so shout out to all of them for uh, contributing to that five turnovers. Offensive side of the ball, Dustin had us over 180 yards rushing. Yeah, As we mentioned, he had 242. My my prediction was just flip-flopped. I had two Shuck passing touchdowns and one rushing. He had two rushing and one passing. See, um, I'll give you that one rather than the turnover one. Right. Yeah, the turnover <laughs> one, I, I wanted to do a take three game, but we have – but I it's, just didn't see us having to take the game in the, in the bowl game. It, it yeah. seemed like kind of far-fetched, but uh, even if I did a take three game, I would have still been off. But um, And then our scores, me and Dustin were both had the same score of 34 to 30. Uh, had Tech uh, winning that one a little bit closer than we actually did, but hey, we'll take the 42-25 yeah. victory any day. Um, got the win right, got the shot bet right, all the stuff that matters yep, there. Yep. Uh, but Texas Tech, 
wins. So you know what it's time for, Dustin. Somebody turn on some damn All right, Texas Tech wins. Club Red is open for the final time of the season. It's time to hand out some VIPs. We might have a lot of VIPs that we're handing out this yeah. game. Uh, Dustin, defensive side of the ball, defensive VIP. Uh, I know this is the last game of the season, so I might be breaking some rules here, but I think it's going to be okay. Can we let the whole defense in? Yeah. Because <laughs> they played stellar. Yeah. Like, that's okay the right that. word for it stellar the whole defense gets in five I mean, turnovers five turnovers five fourth down stops. Up front like with the third and fourth down conversions the rushing defense is amazing like everybody gets in i mean i'm looking right now they were if you combine third and fourth down they were seven for 20 yeah on yeah. conversions for a first down that's amazing with five turnovers so the whole defense gets in i loved it all I mean, there wasn't a down downfall, and so many guys came to play, especially a lot of young guys came to play. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Just so many guys who who stepped up for you and made contributions. Like, you had five turnovers, and there was so many different guys that were part of those turnovers from forcing fumbles to recovering fumbles to, uh, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback to force him to throw uh, that interception or, and whatever. So they just played great. Basically 10 turnovers, if you know, five that you forced and then five on right. fourth downs. That's like 10 turnovers, especially with where they were going for those <laughs> fourth down conversions on like your side of the field. So those are huge stops to get you the ball uh, already pretty much in scoring position. So just a dominant performance from them as fun of a performance as I've seen a Red Raider defense have in a long time. It was just really fun to watch them out there. They were flying to the ball, making yeah. lots of plays, big tackles. Um, and so, yeah, I especially, specifically want to shout out muddy waters and Creshawn merriweather two guys who uh suited up for the red raiders last the last time of their career uh and they were fun to watch Creshawn had that one play where he like tried to jump over a linebacker (laughs) he still got to the quarterback that play though uh he He allowed cosine he allowed i think he allowed cosine to get through Um, yeah (laughs) and then of course muddy got the got the uh pick off there and then you know he led the nation as, as a defensive back for tackles for loss in the season. So Dude, they said specifically, that like seven different yeah. times on the broadcast. They were loving that stat. <laughs> yeah. But he, you know, they were both really good for you. Really good. Red Raiders Definitely. loved watching them uh, this season compete and play for you. So I wanted to kind of shout them out since this will be the last time you're getting to see them. Yep. Offensive side of the ball, Dustin. Man, I'm going to take the easy way out here. You got to give it to Tyler Shuck. Yeah. I mean, the way he played, like we said, he was an animal. He was throwing his body around. He made that one early turnover, which wasn't even that bad of a throw. He was just late yeah, on it. and But, I mean, 242 yards in the air, like, didn't take a lot of sacks, got out of there a lot to run it. Ran the ball amazing, ran those goal line zone reads so well. I mean, he had, what, 350-plus yards on his own. In most of the touchdowns, I mean, he managed the game, played so well. And then, to our surprise, at the very end of the game, while he's receiving his MVP, announces, I'm coming back next year. I got unfinished business. Yeah. So that, as a, you know, makes you feel really good as a tech fan to know, you know, you're not just riding Baron Morton and hoping for the best. You got your 
basically your two starting quarterbacks coming back. So yeah. shout out to Tyler Shuck for his amazing performance in that bowl game. And he led you on it on this four game winning streak. Yeah. You know, yep. didn't lose a game for you. Yep. You're seven and one in his career as a Texas Tech starter. So definitely good? get you excited for next year, especially with the dual threat quarterback that he's kind of become where he can beat you with his legs and through the air. So, um, you know, he needs to work on his deep ball a little bit uh, and some of those, some of his accuracy on the outside the numbers, but ultimately a uh, great performance from him. I'll shout out the receivers though, Loic Fungi and Jaron Bradley, cause they had really good games. I don't think you win this game without their performances and their ability to create plays through the passing game um, for you. So, you know, both Definitely. of them combined for 188 yards, each had a touchdown. Um, of course, Loic Fungi, uh, Fungi's touchdown came uh, the unorthodox way of an onside kick recovery, but uh, really enjoyed watching them and their two very young receivers for you. So that's that's fun to watch, uh, knowing that you got them back uh, and they look pretty dang good when they're healthy and this offense is clicking. So I wanted to shout them out. Um, and, you know, another little special shout out to um, our special teams as Trey Wolf is, uh, an, you know, knocked down a couple other field goals for you. Um, and that was his last time suiting up for Red Raider Nation. And a guy we didn't get to see a whole lot, but just wanted to shout it out because he did announce he is returning for his senior year, Austin Mac or his super senior year, Austin McNamara, your punter. Oh, I missed again, that. All right. Again, one punt in the game, but he said that he's coming back, return of the Mac to Texas Tech. So um, he didn't have to do much for you. Uh, neither neither either I, punter I mean, didn't really have to do I remember anything. when he was our best player like two years ago because yeah. we sucked so bad and he had to punt so much. <laughs> Yeah, now he's only uh, like one attempt, you know, and so, um, but yeah, shout out to him for coming back. We'll get to see Austin McNamara punt for uh, another season. That wraps up Club Red for the 2022 season. We look forward to more Club Reds in the future. But Dustin, before we wrap up the football talk, um, what what are your thoughts as we head into off season number two with Joey McGuire? at the uh, at the helm and season two of the mcguire era coming up next year i mean man it feels really really good i mean you're on a high you think things are going up for you you have so many guys returning for you next year i mean i mentioned chuck coming back with baron wharton mcnamara i mean so many receivers linemen you added a lot of you know two big starters for next year on the transfer portal that center Western Kentucky, the Austin, Austin P uh, receiver, Dre McCray, Dre McCray, a lot of speed. And I mean, you're already recruiting better guys than were here when you got here. Yeah. It's like the floor is already getting raised before that. And I mean, it's just, everything's looking up so well. I mean, I heard a good comparison of this game was, this is how it felt kind of when we beat Cal in one of those first Leach years. That's kind of Leach's kind of first big breakout game, it seemed yeah. like. And we see how that worked out, you know. And it, it does have that kind of feel to it. I mean, you had – leaving the season on a four-game win streak, you got this extra three weeks of practice, which is always a big plus to get your new guys, your young guys, a lot more development. And so, like, so many things looking up, man. I'm so excited. Like, if you don't have season tickets by next year – 
you're an idiot because they might not be there after that. Yeah. So get your tickets now, people. Get those tickets. Um, glad we jumped in when we did. Uh, but yeah, man, it's exciting. It's uh, been a long time Very. since I felt this excitement heading into an off season, coming off of a season that had so many uh, moments and stuff. And then to win the bowl game like that, uh, just, I mean, this train is rolling. It's, it's moving and it's like, it's just really cool. You got the extension for Joey McGuire, um, which we didn't really mention yet. But yeah, you extended Joey McGuire before the Ole Miss game. Um, then you come out and win that. And yeah. while there's reason to be a little timid about uh, extension after one year, we've seen that not work out well in the past. This feels completely different. This feels completely different. I think I've seen a couple of people tweet out that it was more about being able to give him a raise. Uh, and it kind of had to extend him to be able to do that. But gotcha. I, I think he's got the train moving in the right way, and I, I I really have a hard time thinking that this is going to go off the rails. I think this is uh, something that can be maintained and built upon, and the future is bright. And something else while you're on the coaching thing, like it looks like we're going to be able to bring both our coordinators back. Yeah, which is crazy. Also, which is huge because we've had coordinator issues for the last seven years also. Forever. <laughs> like – D coordinators for the most part, but also yeah. like our offense coordinators have kind of been whatever the last handful of years. So to be able to keep both your coordinators who obviously Tim Deruder's done an amazing job yeah. with that defense. So to be able to bring him back with a lot of leadership coming to, and a lot of the players that were there already, like just what they can, what know, they can do next year. Yeah. Round on. And then Killy, you know, being the young flashy superstar OC, like. He had some ups and downs and bumps in the road, but I think he learned a lot <laughs> this year. Yeah. And so for him to come back and bring both his quarterbacks back is huge also. So that's a big plus. Yeah, bring them back. And then a lot of the receiver running back talent that you have, like your and, and line talent. So, um, Pretty yeah. Much bring back the whole offense. The like, coaching staff. Yeah. DeRuiter did a great job for you this season, as fun of a defense as we've had to watch in a while. Um, and you know, Kitley, yeah, he's got, obviously got some learning to do still at the offensive coordinator position at this level, but you definitely saw some really, really good moments from him in this offense and you're hoping to build on that. But, uh, it looks like good times ahead for Red Raider nation. Um, and hoping that this next season builds on a first successful season, you know, that's, that's the key. It's always the most important season to me is the second season. It's what can you do now? You've got, you know, one year done. Um, what can you build upon? Can you maintain that momentum, keep it moving, or do you fall back? So that's going to be the big question for year two of Joey McGuire era. Um, but that wraps up our football coverage for this season. Uh, we will continue to um, bring up offseason news as you know transfers come in, as maybe more recruits come in, uh, as transfers you know hit the portal and whatnot. We'll kind of uh, keep you guys up to date with that. Uh, but that'll wrap up our football coverage for the season. Uh, and Dustin, it is now 2023. So last week we said goodbye to 2022. This week we say hello to 2023. Dustin, like I mentioned, we said thank you to 2022 with a lot of bright moments from this Texas Tech program this past season. Well, now we're looking ahead to 2023 and our kind of 2023 wish list, things that we are 
wanting from our Texas Tech athletics from these programs yeah. uh, this year, moments, anything like that. So, Dustin, like last week, we'll kick it over to you uh, to start off our 2023 wish list. So I have five on my list here, three for football and one baseball, one basketball. So while we're on, you know, just leaving the football conversation from the yeah, bowl game, I'll there. start there. I would like quarterback health for 2023. That was my number one, too. <laughs> All right. Both of us have that. I initially had it as quarterback health for Baron Morton. But now that we know that Shuck is back and we have both of them, I mean, that doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah. We've had we've talked extensively on this show about our quarterback health. Brooks thinks there's a Patrick Mahomes curse situation on our quarterback room. I'm just throwing it out there, you know. And it's, <laughs> it's just it's just so, something we haven't since court, uh, since Patrick Mahomes left. We can't keep a quarterback healthy. So I would like quarterback health for either guy that starts, um, and for whoever is our starting quarterback to get to play like seventy percent of the games next year. It's like just 70. Like that's what we're asking is like 70. I didn't have that right now. So it's kind of making it up. But like that's way more than half. We're not even asking for the whole season. We're not even asking for the whole season. I got of the games this year. So going to 70 is twice as much. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it's been is that we're not even asking for just the full season of health. No. We're just asking for like 70, 75%. Just like let them play eight, eight of the games healthy. Um, yeah. That, I mean – I think that's about every Red Raider fan's wish is just it to be able be. to get through a season with a quarterback that's healthy. Um, and, you know, either Shuck or Morton, who starts for you next year, you're hoping that they are able to start the yes. majority of the games, but you're confident in the backup. But still, uh, you'd like to be able to have your starter. So, yeah, that's my number one. Uh, my other football wish list is I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say um, I'm wishing for a 9 win football season this next year yeah that's my big football wish is i would love a nine win football season set yourself up for a good bowl game maybe competing for a big 12 championship just riding this wave that you were on this year all the talent you have coming back um a conference is going to look pretty different next year with the, sure. all the new teams uh, maybe you find yourself in a big 12 championship who knows uh nine nine ten would be awesome. Um, any other football wish lists for you, or do you want to add on to that? Yeah, I'll go further than you there. I had Big 12 champ game on my Big list. Champ. Okay, yeah. Because I think it's doable with how much you have returning. You bring up back your whole offense. You improve your offensive line. Your line gets more experience from this year. Bring back your quarterbacks, two of your running backs, almost all your receivers. Like, you're bringing everybody back, your defense yeah. and your D, D coordinators back. That was so good. Like, everybody's back. This seems like you can make a huge, huge jump in what you did this year. And this year was good. I mean, I think you can make a huge jump and win yeah. even more games and get yourself into that Big 12 champ game. I'm, I think that's doable for next year. Like, that's all my yeah. wish list. I think, I think it's doable as well. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive conference next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to be able to find yourself in there. Um, it's just, you know, you don't have a whole lot of 10-win seasons, so – Pushing for a 10-win season would be a little tough, I think a little yeah. greedy. So I want to see us do nine before. But yeah. So that's where I'm at on that. Uh, any other football wish list items for you? I or? have one more football one. This kind of goes in order. Like if you have good quarterback health, you'll probably make Big 12 champ game. 
You make Big 12 champ game, this next one might happen. I want a top 20 football recruiting class next December. Yeah. You were right on the cusp of that. You had 23rd-ish class, depending on where you look, you know, right above top 25. I think you can capitalize on the momentum you have from the end of this season into next year and maybe break into that top 20 and start stacking up recruiting classes and build up that talent floor. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that as a wish list item as well. Um, those are the only football ones I had. Let's move over to basketball. Dustin. Yeah, go ahead, man. My basketball wish list for 2023, it's actually kind of uh, – now I'm just I'm just hoping for the NCAA tournament. That's kind of oh, where man. my wish list is at. We've got a negative just, wish list now. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for an NCAA tournament berth because we've seen this team. We gotta be a little more realistic than being like, "Oh, I won sure. a national championship from this team." I don't think this yeah. team is the one to do that. Um, I don't know if this team is one to make the second weekend of the tournament. And right now, it, it might be tough to even make the tournament because you don't have any good wins on the resume, and all the good teams you played, you've lost to. So, um, who knows? Maybe that will change really quickly. But right now, my wish list is to just make the dance. To keep you know back to back dances going under in under Mark Adams, um, and hopefully maybe you can continue to build off that. But like we've talked about with football, like the second year is huge, and I just right. don't want us to drop off to where we don't make the tournament. Yeah, so I mean, I think we're gonna make the tournament. I wasn't really thinking there. I was uh, thinking similar to how you just ended that though. Is like, how do you build on your first year next year? Minus for basketball roster retention. Yeah. So yeah, like a we have one. a good we have a lot of good young players on this team. Some getting minutes, some not. Um, Elijah Fisher specifically. <laughs> but um I mean, I see a lot of talent in these guys and I hope they just don't get frustrated that they're not getting minutes now when there's just older and more experienced guys ahead of them, a couple seniors up there, you know, and whatnot yeah. that can handle this and like you know, especially like Eliza Fisher, like he's supposed to be a high school senior right now. Yeah, he's like 17. Yeah, it's hard to come play big boy, big Big 12 basketball, man. So like sit in the weight room, just watch, learn. Like I just hope we can keep most of this team together because there's a lot of good players that can come back for next year if they will stick around and wait their turn and just develop. So I want roster retention um, for this team going into like the summer you know yeah the second part of my basketball wish list was for you know the 2023 2024 season that was right. yeah, keep your freshman <laughs> like be able to keep your freshman um and, and be able to grow with them it's just it's so hard nowadays you know i i feel like we'll, at least two of these guys might be gone but if they believe in the process believe in what we're doing here it would be nice to see all these guys in red raider uniform again next year and try to grow uh, with them and see what they can do with a little more experience under their belt. Um, but, you know, specifically pop, uh, you know, the, the growth that he's make, I uh, hope that he uh, wants to be a part of this program for a couple of years. Elijah Fisher, I know it's been frustrating, but if he trusts and believes that he can grow, get better, that those minutes will come uh, next year could be really solid for him. And then you've seen the moments from both Lamar Washington and Robert yeah. Jennings and, and what they're Big able time. to do. I'm not so, worried about those two guys. Yeah, Pop, I'm a little worried about kind I of feel just because like he's so be, good. Yeah, I just feel like you have to worry about everybody. This everybody, year. Like, sure. Everybody going right. forward. Like Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State. I mean, I'm sure Iowa State fans 
thought, oh, like, oh, look at this freshman that we can guy. build, and then boom, gone. So I think it's just that that's what's changed in the sport is is uh, you just have to worry about every single player on uh, some other school coming and talking to them. Um, so those are my basketball wish lists. Any other basketball wish list item for you? That's the only basketball one I really want. I'm not as worried of you about like, oh, make the tournament. I think we'll be okay there. But I got to see it first. I got to see us beat a sure. good team first, and we haven't beat it. I was kind of just thinking a little more, you know, broad spectrum with a lot of this stuff. So that's where I went with basketball. Yeah. Any other wish list items you have for 2023? I had one baseball one, and that's just get back to Omaha. Yeah. That's, I mean, Tim Tadlock has blessed us being the best tech program the last 10 years and the most consistent. And, uh, Going back to Omaha for, I believe, the fifth time in his tenure would be another great, you know, feather in the cap to keep this program going. So just make it back to Omaha, boys. Yeah, that that was my baseball wish list item. Make it back to Omaha. You used to make it every other year. It's been a couple of years now. Miss it. <laughs> uh, miss going to Omaha. And so uh, getting back to Omaha would get things back on track in that front. Uh, and then, you know, if we do make it to Omaha, I would like to be able to compete and maybe get a chance at that final spot. You know, that would be the huge wish right there to compete for that national championship, one that is felt like has been in the grasp of this program. And so if we can get back to Omaha, uh, it yeah. gives you a chance, you know, all you got to do is make it and, and kind of see what happens. So I think every Red Raider watching the baseball team this year is going to be hoping for another trip to Omaha. Um, any other 2023 wish list items, Dustin? No, I kept it to the three main ones there. So, I mean, good luck to all the other sports, but the three main ones is what makes the money and what gets talked about the most here. So that's where most of my head is at. Yeah. And you know, it's what we spend most of our time watching. If I watched every single Texas tech sport, um, I, I wouldn't have time to do other things. Um, but, yeah. you know, we obviously wish success for all of the programs to continue to grow, continue to build. Uh, can, you know, we're always there to watch our teams when they're having that success and, and making those tournaments and stuff like that. And so for all of them, you know, we wish for successful 2023 seasons uh, to continue to grow, c- to continue to improve and, and become, you know, like some of our powerhouse programs that are competing for national championships. We, we want national championships all across the board. So, you bet. Uh, any teams that can take further steps to get uh, get in that direction, we support. Um, but a team that's kind of taking a step back <laughs> right now, the Texas Tech basketball team, we've got to talk about. So let's go over to the hardwood and talk a little basketball. Well, Dustin, Texas Tech basketball has been in action since we last spoke to you guys. They played two basketball games real quick. Uh, The first one was over uh, against South Carolina State in which they got another 100-piece, 110-71-point victory over there. Good job. Way to beat bad teams. Um, (laughs) Then you turn around. You play on Saturday, opening up Big 12 play for the season as you – Headed to Fort Worth for a pretty friendly crowd as TCU had uh, other things to worry about that day. And you were unable to uh, hold on to an 11-point halftime lead. You played horrible basketball in the second half, which led to the 67-61 defeat to the Horned Frogs. 
to start off conference play 0-1. Uh, your stats from the game, Pop Isaacs led your team in scoring, was pretty much the only reason you were still around at the end of the game there. Uh, 17 points. Uh, he had five threes. Uh, Davion Harmon had 13 points for you. Kevin O'Banner was uh, zero. He wears the number zero because he was a no-show pretty much for you in this game. Six points, <sighs> five turnovers. Uh, and really, this team stat just kind of tells you everything you need to know about this game. But he had 23 turnovers in the game. He had Yikes. 22 field goals. So, Dustin, we got through all that. We watched the game together on Saturday. Uh, now yeah. that you've had a couple of days to uh, think back on this, how you feel in after what was a – Pretty uh, pretty rough loss there Saturday. Yeah, and it was a rough loss because you were up 11 at halftime and felt good about it because Pop and O'Banner were in foul trouble for most of the first half, and you were able to hold them down and were up 11 at halftime. Yeah. And then you forgot the second half started. They didn't. Mike Miles didn't forget, and they quickly went on a 10-0 run, and it was a one-point game before you yeah. blinked, like two minutes in. You wasted all that. Like, like you just mentioned there, the turnovers, 23 turnovers is horrible, 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 horrible. And just a lot of them are not forced turnovers. They're just lazy careless passes. and lazy and stuff like that. And, you know, we mentioned that early in the season that we would hope we'd kind of coach that out of these guys, but apparently that's just what we are which is a bad thing to have in your in your repertoire of scouting report, you know. But they'll, hey, they'll just throw you the ball or just lose it. Butterfingers. We have the worst butterfingers in oh the conference, gosh. that's for sure. Um, but I, I just tell people, like, the, this game came down to easy stuff that we messed up. Turnovers, layups, and free throws. You were bad on all of them. And yep. stuff that's easily fixable, yeah. But like you said, the turnovers, we haven't done very good this year. Free throws doesn't look good from what I've seen so far. And so mm-hmm. it's just maybe this I don't I don't want to say like that second half is who we are, but like as a whole game, it's not good. Yeah, as a whole game, it's not good. And like you talked about at halftime, you're feeling pretty good because you weren't even you're still kind of sloppy in the first half, yet you had that you're eleven okay. point lead. You're like, Oh, if you clean up, if you make some layups, make your free throws. Yeah. Like you're you'll be fine in this game. And then, you know, immediately at the start of the second half, it was already a one-point game i some things that are questionable about i think this coaching staff and some of the players is well i, I don't know why mark adams can't take a timeout there um hmm. it shouldn't be a 10-0 run you should, before you call a timeout <laughs> um it should be like hey real quick can you can sense that this half is not getting started off to uh, on the right note and it's something that i've noticed a lot in in the Creighton game, second half started, boom, you're out of the game, like real quick. Like, I don't know what it is from the first half to the second half, but there is a difference on how we start off the first half to how we start out the second half in some of these games. Yeah. And it kills you because all of a sudden you have a comfortable lead. 11 points shouldn't be able to come back from in 10, like, you know, in a couple minutes. That should be something that takes a lot of time that you should make those teams have to work to get back. But a uh, snap of the finger there back in the game. There's some situational awareness that I have some question marks on by this team. Uh, the inability to get a foul off there at the end of the game was kind of annoying. Uh, some, uh, you know, getting trapped over in the corner instead of trying to take a timeout. Uh, you turn the ball over. Um, there was a play that Daniel Bacho made at one point where he catches the ball and 
I don't know if he's just sick or whatever, but he's six ten, seven foot or whatever. I, I don't know his exact height, but taller than pretty much everybody else on the court. Instead of and catches the ball, and instead of just going right up with it, it takes the ball down, goes oh, up yeah. with it, and by the time that he goes up with it, a guy's there to you know foul him. Which at that point, we had, he couldn't make his free throws, uh, misses his free throws. There goes two points for you. Um, you sh- you know short four technical free throws that you had in the game. You just short on them. Davion Harmon, Kevin O'Banner. Uh, just a lot of little concerning things that you're seeing from this team in some of these games that are close and are decided by a few plays here or there. And um, when you can't make your free throws and you turn the ball over on the road like that, you're not going to do yourself any favors, especially in Big 12 play. And that's probably the easiest home, uh, road game you're going to have in conference play. Right. <laughs> so. You could tell, I mean, like, obviously we talked the second half, the momentum was all TCUs. We never took it back. Like, they controlled the whole second half. Yeah. Like, Pop made a couple for, threes to, like, Thank God for you. Pop Isaacs keeping yeah. us in it, or we'd have got our, our ass blown out there. Like, that would have been a horrible loss. But, like, the offense just turned static again those last, like, five minutes. Yeah. Like, quit the ball movement. We are trying to just do ISO BS pick and roll crap that wasn't good when we know our offense is better moving the ball or going fast. And so like, it was very frustrating to watch us just flush that game away. Yeah. And and guys that you're depending on just disappeared in the second half, you know, O'Banner was pretty much gone the whole game. Uh, You know, he wasn't himself. He got the two quick fouls, never really had much of a presence in this one, turned the ball over a lot. Like we said, Harmon kind of disappeared for you in the second half was trying to do too much. It felt like at times, um, Jalen Tyson disappeared yeah. completely in the second half. Like oh, I don't remember a yeah. single play from him in the second half. Uh, and nope. he's like too good of a player to just disappear like that from you. Yeah. I mentioned to you sitting on the couch, like, you know, this off season, everybody was raving about, Oh, Bacho has improved so much. And we have seen that it's true, but we also heard Jalen Tyson's going to be, you know, a first or second team, all big 12 type guy. And he's no, we haven't so seen him close to that this whole season. So, we get flashes from him. Like he'll have moments yeah. where he goes and you're like, Oh wow, great move. And then you don't hear from him for the rest of the Too game. Many moves. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just a frustrating performance. It's, it's another one, like, you know, you know, another one to add to the list this year, you go Creighton was frustrating. Ohio state was frustrating. Um, you know, a couple yep. of those close ones you had uh, over those easy non-conference teams were frustrating, but um, you know, especially after you fi- thought you maybe figured out some things offensively to only score 61 <laughs> was another just like, come on. We were hoping to see that offensive improvement look like the pace and all that stuff. But you were unable to finish layups. Um, you were unable to make free throws and you turn the ball over 23 times and 23 times in honor of 2023, I guess. I don't know. Um, but frustrating loss up next on the schedule for the Red Raiders is another tough one. Uh, you go from that into hosting the number three Kansas Jayhawks as they come into town Tuesday night. Yeah, That'll be, uh, you know, the night that you're listening to this podcast. Um, Dustin, uh, thoughts on this Kansas game, and do you have any belief in the Red Raiders to pull off this upset? Um, yeah, this is not a great matchup. <laughs> number three Kansas. They brought back a lot of players. They obviously got one of your former starters and players to be like their sixth man and of course brought in some top recruits they're as legit as ever so it's going to be very 
tough, and I just don't, I just don't see you matching up with them, especially with your turnovers. Like, you turn the ball over like that against a team like Kansas, it's going to be a lot of steal, run out, dunk, next defense possession. Like, it's going to be a lot of easy free points for Kansas if we play like that with 15 plus or even 20 plus turnovers. Like, you're going to get blown out big time by a team at this caliber if you do that. Yeah, I, I got to say I don't have a whole lot of faith in us to, to come through with this one. I just haven't seen us do it yet, you know, uh, yeah. against a good team. And until then, I think everybody in Red Raider Nation is right to kind of feel that way. Um, now are there obviously going to be fans who believe in this team? Yeah, there are. I just I need I need to see it. You know, I need to see us come through uh, and, and play that way. And the, the good thing about this game is it's at home and maybe, you know, the home crowd can help you know, rally this team, um, you know, really right now I'm just begging for them to compete in this one, to keep it close, give yourself a chance to win, you know, not necessarily think that we're going to have the chance to win, but if you can keep this one in single digits, like most of the game uh, um, and not just get ran out the gym, I think that's going to be a significant improvement for this team and maybe show some hope sure. uh, for the rest of the season. If you're able to hang with this team, but uh, I, I just it hasn't looked great so far when you just, played superior opponents yeah. and and you know I just kind of feel like it's going to be another see, one of those nights. I see the Mark Adams home winning streak at the Spirit Arena coming to an end Tuesday yeah. night. I do as well. Um, it will be unfortunate. It was a a fun streak while it lasted, but uh, all good things must come to an end. Unfortunately, looks like this one might be, but. You know, would be definitely down for a bounce back performance. If the team comes out and shows it, we, you know, we were at this point last year with this team. We thought we were going to lose to Kansas when they came to town. Uh, and you came out and you had a like season changing performance that you ended up winning that game and, and your whole season kind of changed from that point. Maybe that kind of performance can happen. Um, it's just you have too many young guys right now, too many. That's the thing. Like, too many. Yeah. The, the comparisons. You can say that, but you just have so many different guys. You don't have the link that you did the last handful of years. You don't have the senior leadership, really. You're way younger, and that's just yeah. part of it. I mean, you're going through freshman growing pains right now because you have a really young team. Half your team is sophomores or freshmen. That's tough. That have to play. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and Kansas brings the experience. They bring lots of guys with lots of minutes. You know, lots yep. of guys off that national championship team. Kevin McCuller, who's played a lot of minutes of meaningful Be basketball. Be sure to boo his ass big time Tuesday night if you're listening to this. Yeah, boo him. Uh, we don't care if it was some sort of mutual uh, departure, as some guy you don't tweeted go to, to us. Conference uh, rival. Yeah, and also just won the national championship. That really didn't need you. Yeah. So yeah, no, no love for Kevin McCullough as he comes back. Uh, so uh, we'll be, uh, you know, definitely energetic tomorrow night, hoping that the Texas Tech basketball team can turn the season around, um, show some life and show some reasoning to believe that they can, Hey, this is a team that can, can make a run, can compete in the big 12 conference. It's going to be a tough one this year. All the big 12 teams seem to be pretty good. Oh, something we almost forgot to mention about Tuesday's game. There will be a special appearance at the game. A recruiting appearance by a potential uh, – trying to find his name. Oh, Kyron Lindsay. The, there he is. Georgia. Kyron Lindsay from 
Freshman out of Georgia, four-star, top 100 recruit, is transferring out of Georgia. He's a Denton Geyer kid that wants to come back to the state of Texas and has started a handful of games for Georgia. He's yeah. played pretty solid from the clips I saw. Like They're going to be pretty sad to lose him, but we are one of the few teams that can offer him a scholarship midseason. We have a spot open still, so you could blame – or thank Kevin McCullough or TJ Shannon for those late departures, but this might bring in a guy like Kyron Lindsay, you know, six eight forward for you. Um, so be sure to cheer pretty loud and hope he he loves the place. Yeah, that'd be a big get. Do the Jalen Tyson thing all over, get at that yeah. spot, get him you know practicing with the team, and um, and then by the next year, you know, he'll be ready to go. So uh, using those spots to our advantage, uh, we did last year. Hopefully are able to land this guy and uh, build on that. So, so that anything else on the basketball program, Dustin, as we head out nope. here, hoping for just better things, yeah, hoping for better things there. And Cleaner then be- before we get back to you guys, uh, we do play Oklahoma on Saturday in Lubbock. So uh, two opportunities here at home coming up for the Red Raiders to uh, get their first conference dub of the season. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we're able to do that. Um, but, before we get to our final shots, just a recap of our shot bets from last week. We'll be uh, doing the national championship, which the line might change by the time this game is played. So we're not going to make our shot bet selections for the national championship just yet. Um, I think it's like plus 13 and a half right now, uh, TCU. Uh, but that might be down a little bit. So we'll wait on that one. But last week we did have Texas Tech shot bet. Uh, Texas Tech was a three and a half point underdog. Me and Dustin both took. Texas Tech on that one, so we won that shot bet. And then we did a TCU-Michigan college football playoff shot bet where uh, Michigan was a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. We both thought the Wolverines were going to win that one, but uh, TCU had other plans, got the win, so we lose that shot bet. So we split going one-and-one this week. But uh, those uh, college football kind of center as around our final shot. So, Dustin, final shot for this week before we get out of here. Yeah, I was just going to go with bowl games in general. Not even the big ones. I'll let you talk about that if you want to. But this bowl season year has been pretty awesome. I mean, so many, so many good games. I mean, we gave people an electric game for Texas Tech side. The Rose Bowl tonight, I mean, it was a blowout. It's not two great games. The Mississippi State game where they weren't playing very good, but you can't lose the uh, your coach died game is what I kept saying. And they made the comeback one for Mike Leach had a scoop and scored in the game one and covered also with that game. And like there were, uh, there was a one score game before that two lineups at USC. Yeah. At the road, the green wave the earlier, the green wave, they won in the last couple seconds. Also um, like the Duke's Mayo bowl was pretty terrible with high NC state. And they, like that game was terrible, but great finish. Like so many good games and finishes. And like, you know, some people they'll kind of shit on, you know, bowls don't matter anymore just because of the playoffs or if you're not in one of the big, big New Year six games, but they do matter. I mean, you get, we just talked about it with us. You get three more weeks of practice. That's development for your guys. And like I was telling somebody that I don't really follow tech or college football and they were like, does it really matter? And I'm like, yeah, you get all this practice time, but also winning is winning. And that compounds into high school kids seeing that and Oh, tech one Tech's on TV still in December. 
and it just compounds and gives you more momentum for the rest of the season and you're recruiting. So congrats to everybody on great bowl games and wins if your team won, except Lane Kiffin. So bowl games have been great for me. What about you, man? Yeah, uh, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of them. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, you know, tune in. I watched like five in a row the other day. I just let ESPN just keep throwing right. bowl games at me left and right. It's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched, you know, kept up with some of them. When they get close, I'll, I'll tune in. But, you know, really the full games that I watched were the Tech one and then these college football playoff finals, which or semifinals, which were um, – Oh, it's which was the best semifinal weekend that this that co- the college football playoff has seen. Uh, typically, in the semifinal, you don't get a lot of good games. You know, you get a lot of you get maybe one good one, and then the other one's a blowout, or you get two blowouts. But both of these games were wire to wire, exciting games. Lots of scoring in the Michigan TCU game. I think there was like God, yeah. fifty plus points scored in about an eight minute span of football pl- uh, football playing time. Uh, that yeah. game was so back and forth. Uh, that game was nuts, and then you come down to the Georgia, uh, <sighs> the Georgia Ohio State game, which saw the Ohio State kicker miss the field goal at, at midnight. midnight. <laughs> at the as the <laughs> clock struck midnight, I've seen so many stitched videos of the timing of the ball drop and the missed field goal, <laughs> and Ohio State fans like dying at that time, like, uh, oh no, <laughs> the worst start the to twenty twenty three ever. If you're yeah, an Ohio can't State fan. That. That's so crazy. You're just like, fuck 2023 already, if that's how your 2023 started. Uh, but that game was nuts. So uh, exciting college football uh, playoff scenarios happening. Georgia versus TCU for the national championship. Still don't know how to feel about TCU playing for the national championship. Uh, yeah, kind of makes me sick. I don't know if I want to be around for a TCU national champion. Hopefully Georgia can pull it hey, off. Tech fans, wear your red. Wear Georgia, red. Man. Go dogs! Um, yeah. Going to be pulling for Stetson Bennett and them boys um, to pull off that win, but uh, and so TCU can't uh, claim a national championship. That wouldn't be fun for us. But it still was really enjoyable to watch those football games. Really fun games, and so I'll get to enjoy that. And uh, you don't really have a whole lot of college football uh, semifinals that I can really remember. You know, uh, most of these games are pretty pretty lame so uh great way to end the year uh with those college football games and looking forward to the national championship that'll be next week as we said we'll do a shot bet for it when the time comes so uh, check out our twitter uh, where we post those shot bets if you want to hop on and join in on the fun with that dustin got anything else for us this week no just prayers for this buffalo bills safety hamlin as this Monday night, I had a bad accident on the field. So prayers up for him. I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you've seen, seen all of it. Damar Hamlin. So hope he's okay. Yeah. Scary uh, scene there in Cincinnati uh, during this game. Uh, nothing but prayers up uh, for Hamlin and his family as they're going through this and all the uh, players, you know, that were involved on that, that had to be something really scary for all of them to witness and, you know, a brother that they're playing with on the field. So uh, thoughts out to him and a kind of somber way to end this episode, but to catch everything we're doing here at tailgate talks, remember to follow us and remember to give us five stars. That's all we want for 2023 yeah. is for you to give us those five star ratings. Uh, also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks where we do most of our posting on social media, but we do have Facebook and Instagram. Also, give us a follow on our YouTube channel to catch clips from each week's episodes. 
and our email is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com if you want to you know add any comments or anything else to the show we appreciate y'all hanging out with us and listening to us recap an awesome bowl game dive into a little basketball and then throw out some 2023 wishes for the texas tech program so once again thanks for hanging out with us and as always we will catch y'all at the next tailgate